Welcome to an Imperfect Four. Might be strange that you hear some background noise. Well, that's what happens when you're on a site live. We are at All American Ale Works in Anaheim, California. We are going to do a live review of what they call their founding fathers. They're year-round beers. We're looking for a good time tonight. Tonight, the tasting, we've got Stephen, Jeff, Aaron, Derek, and Travis. And we've got Master Brewer, Ryan here. We can put we can put whatever uh, titles you want on top of it. You want uh, Superior Master. Uh, the Elder business master. card just says Head Brewer, but... You know, I'll, I'll take uh, Supreme Master, Supreme Commander, <laughs> Supreme Commander of the Brewing Sciences. That, that one works. I like that. that that's, Doctor. Yeah. So uh, let, let's let's get right to this. Um, Ryan, what made you decide to, to join the craft beer movement? You know, it's it's a funny story. Uh, I actually hated craft beer. I hated beer in general when I first started drinking. <laughs> so to get to where I am now, uh, it's kind of ironic, but. Basically, uh, kind of like a lot of the, the brewers of today, I, I broke my teeth and my palate on Sierra Nevada's pale ale, and that got me into it. Uh, my uncle at the time was brewing in his garage, so I jumped on board, started brewing with him, and it just took off from there. That's great. Um, so, I might know, but let's get to this to the people who are going to be listening to this. Why the name All American Ale Works? So when we were sitting down, there's there's uh, three of us that founded All American Ale Works. Myself, uh, my father Steve, and uh, my good friend Jeff. And Jeff and my dad are both um, in the military. So we wanted to make sure we followed that tradition of true patriotism and show our support to the flag and and the country. Yeah, so. we. Uh, I will say as someone who's uh, frequented this place a couple of times, shocker, we're not just coming in blind to this one. You guys do a great job. We'll have some pictures along with this to show you the way this place is laid out. It's It makes you feel good to be an American in this place. And even if you're not American, it feels like we, you respect it very well. Um, so let, let's get into this. Uh, tell us about uh, the first beer that we're going to be having here tonight. So the first beer in the flight, we call it our Barefoot Blonde. Um, it's meant to be our year-round light beer, just a, a basic light beer. But we did some twists on it to... Uh, make it so it's not just a, a typical blonde. Uh, we do it as a lager with an American strain of lager yeast. Uh, we use a heavy dosing of Gambrinus honey malt to give it a nice kind of sweet honey background. And we brew it with uh, orange blossom honey, both on brew day on the hot side and a little bit of back sweetening with the honey at the very end. So you'll get a little bit of that honey kind of aroma and sweetness out of it. So Stephen, what, uh now that we're getting a couple sips in here. So definitely getting the honey aroma, that's that's right on the nose, easy to catch. Um, my my first try, even before it was described, I was getting um, a crisp, uh, maybe even not quite citrus, but it's, it's, it's borderline citrus, uh, but is, is kind of uh, a very clean, sharp, summer drinking beverage. Yeah, the lager yeast is, that's what it's known for. That's what we wanted to go with. It, it dries the beer out. It gives you that clean, crisp flavor. Uh, most ale yeast, you'll get a little bit more of the fruity notes out of it. You'll notice as we move on down the flight with the beers that we use ale yeast for. Um, so we wanted that clean, crisp you know, background for the, the honey to shine through. And we choose orange blossom honey, so we end up getting, uh, if you ever try orange blossom honey straight, you actually get that orange blossom, orangey, citrusy flavor out of it. And it transfers over into the beer quite nicely, I feel. Yep. I agree. Um, Jeff or Aaron or Derek, Travis, you guys want to add to this thing? Uh, yeah, I'll pipe in just because I'm actually typically not that much of a beer guy as Jeff. Um, I 
for one thing, like, just want to give some background on me. Like, I've never been big on anything with a lot of hops, and it typically lean more towards, like, the lagers and a lot of really lighter beers. So for me, this is, this might be my perfect beer. This is, is really light, really smooth. Um, it has a, a tinge of sweetness, but it's not overpowering at all. So it's, it really lets you just kind of savor it in its own right. Uh, in which case, it would probably pair well with a lot of different things, especially in the summer. Yeah. I, I will say that uh, if I'm coming in for a couple of beers, this is how I always start with you guys. I always love when you have it in, and it's just it's just a great way to start, and I could, I could see just taking this thing down all summer. Is anything else you want to add on this one? I think this is Aaron. I think this would be like the perfect 4th of July beer. I mean, it's just like, again, to echo the sentiment, it's like a yeah. great summer beer. Um, I, I cannot tell you guys how much I enjoy just that hint of honey on it. It is just so paired well in the beer that I just, I can't, I can't tell you how, how much I just adore it. Well, thank yeah. you. Appreciate yeah. that. I remember the, uh, the first time I drank this, actually, I went to my buddy Michael. I said, this tastes the way it smells when you peel a really nice orange. Because it doesn't taste like strongly of orange to me, but it has that kind of like just real clean hint to it, like everybody already said, obviously. And me personally, I don't usually like lighter beers, but this has so much flavor to it. It's and then uh, this is Travis here. Um, the funny thing about this beer is this is a, a, a beer we, probably the longest brewed beer when we were brewing in, a, in the garage too. It's Yeah, this is actually a version of the very first beer I ever did by myself. Wow. Uh, it, it was nowhere near this good. That I actually <laughs> dumped half the batch. That was going to be my point is, is watching this beer grow has been crazy. You guys... The ones that the, the guys that have come in, you've got to try a couple different variations yeah. of it. It is this beer has grown so much to be where it is today. It's mature. So it's it will it's, it's crazy because it it went from, I mean we were using orange puree at one point to give it a little extra sweetness. We we were doing a an ale yeast at one point and now we've gone to the lager. So it, it's it's funny to watch the whole the growth of this <laughs> this specific beer for it being light flavored light palate drink beer itself it, it it's gone through more changes than any other beer i think that we've we've ever brewed and it it's finally found its home i think it, 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 and it's been one of our, our best-selling beers for sure it's, it's during the summertime this is going to be flying out in growlers and cans yeah I, I think something there there is there is a complexity for what would be an otherwise light beer most people when they go to a light beer don't expect any complexity but there is there is definitely something there to go explore and find in it absolutely I like that you guys have the right amount of fun with how you brew them, but at the same time, the right amount of seriousness. Right. Because it's, it's, most people wouldn't go, well, let's get orange blossom and a honey, and, but yet, man, this blonde just, it's got, a, it's got that right mix of both. Thank you. Yeah. Um, let's uh, get ourselves set up for the second one and uh, go from there. Okay, we've got our second beer now in front of us. Um, we actually have all six that we're going tonight. Oh, I forgot, we're doing seven because we have a very interesting surprise to finish this off with. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what we're drinking next here. So this one's a fun one for me. We call this beer Blue Manchu. I got to give the credit to my wife for the name on that one. That's more clever than I could ever think of. What? Make sure. You, and, and now you've got it recorded for all time that you're giving her credit. I'm giving for it. Yeah, she'll she'll have to listen to this for sure. Um, so this is an American style wheat beer. Uh, it sits at 4.7 percent alcohol. Real basic uh, malt bill on this one. Just some pale malt and some flaked wheat. 
Um, and then on the back end, when it's done fermenting, we add a blueberry extract and vanilla, uh, vanilla beans to it, uh, Madagascar vanilla beans to it, to give it kind of a blueberry muffin, blueberry pancake uh, taste. It's one of our most popular beers in the tasting room, and it actually even won a, uh, not really an award, but last year at the Brew Hee Ha at the OC Fair, they listed the five best beers at the fair, and this was one of the five yeah, that's awesome. And, and you were saying blueberry muffin and blueberry pancakes, and good lord, uh, this is—that's exactly how I describe it. They're Jeff, you want to kind of give us a little, little bit on this one, or are you still uh, a little perplexed? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to need a sec. All right, <laughs> let's let's start the other way around. Hey, Travis, you want to tell me a little bit about uh, what you think about this uh, little blue man chew? Yeah, it's. It, I mean, the way it's described is pretty much exactly what you're going to get in the glass. You, you you get a ton of the blueberry vanilla right on the nose. Um, more blueberry than vanilla on the actual uh, palette, uh, which actually I think is a little bit nicer because the vanilla sits in the background, does its job, does what it's supposed to do. Um, and we found out this past Sunday that it actually works really well in a, ba uh, a pancake batter. Yeah, I yeah, like it's, it's fantastic. So, but yeah, it's a nice, easy, crisp drink, like uh, what Ryan said too. It does extremely well for us, and it's so, it's just such an easy beer to like. There's no. It's, it's not too sweet, it's not too bitter, it's not too heavy, not too light. You kind of get, get it, it kind of sits in the middle of the road on all those things, so it is really nice. Yeah. It's actually funny because we have to sell it to people like that. Because when you tell, we go to beer fest or people come in for the first time and you say, hey, it's a blueberry vanilla wheat beer, they automatically think it's going to be syrup in a glass and it's going to give them diabetes. It's so sweet. And you have to explain it to them like, no, it's actually super light body, dry, crisp, you you don't get much sweetness to it at all, and uh, it's. I, I enjoy uh, throwing back several glasses of this on brew day usually. Nice. So, funny enough, I'd actually describe this as sour. Really? It, tastes, it has kind of sour notes to it to me. It's, it's. Honestly, this is probably my least favorite beer that I've had that you guys make. Okay. And saying that, it's still a good beer. <laughs> it's still, it's still a good beer. Like it's not the one that I order when I come here. It's right. my favorites, obviously, yeah. but it's. I actually thought it's kind of sour to me, and it's I kind of like that. I think the you know a lot of sours are known for their fruit forwardness, so maybe that's kind of the the taste you're getting out of it is that blueberry, and it's reminded you of a lot of the sours. Yeah. And we we know that everyone's palate is different like that. You have your favorites, you have the ones that aren't your favorites. That's why we try to offer. I mean, this is just our six founding fathers. If you come into the tasting room, we usually have twelve plus different beers on tap that range from. Blondes through IPAs through wheat beers, reds, ambers. We try to hit that that yeah, wide course. range of palettes so everyone can find something they really enjoy when they come in. When people say they don't like beer. I feel like they haven't really tried enough beers because there's usually a, at least a beer that someone's gonna. I definitely like. feel that most people can find a beer. If you go to a beer fest where you have 60 breweries pouring two beers each, I think most people could at least find a beer, one beer that they enjoy. Yeah. On, on this one, um, I'm, I, I feel like the blueberry certainly lingers. Uh, not only is it really uh, really nose forward and you, and you taste it, but I, I, I haven't had a sip for a couple minutes and I I'm, I'm still have a lot of blueberry coating the tongue. Um, and it, it's not in a, a bad way, it's pleasant. Uh, you, but you certainly know you're, you're having blueberry. Uh, and and I, I think, uh, to the point earlier, uh, the vanilla, I think, is is uh, an enhancer. Like I, I, 
if you hadn't told me there was vanilla, I think I'd be a little hard-pressed to go find it myself. Yeah. A lot of people ask why we use a blueberry extract instead of fresh blueberry or blueberry puree. And the reason for that is I want it to maintain its color. I like the, you know, that clear light color. And if I start using a concentrate or a puree, I'm going to end up with a purple <laughs> beer. That would be fun. It'd be interesting to try one time, yeah. Yeah. So let's actually talk about uh, your your tasting room here that we're at. Um, you're on the the, uh, the La Paula beer trail, it just seems. And for those who are, aren't around here, Anaheim is just blown up. And... Aleheim is some little, Yeah, uh, I like that. Um, but obviously, you know, you, you guys have made it into a nice little uh, place to come, grab an easy beer. You got a couple of TVs up here playing different games. It just seems like it's it's family friendly. I know you guys don't tend to have dog bowls and they'll be able to bring their dogs and just have a nice, chill, relaxed time. You guys seem to also um, bring in food trucks pretty regularly and have uh, some pretty interesting food in the background. Since we don't have our own kitchen, we definitely try to offer that as many nights of the week as we can. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have pretty steady. We do our tacos and trivia, Taco Tuesdays and trivia every Tuesday night. Uh, that starts at 7 and goes till closing. And then every Thursday, we always have a food vendor in here. And usually on the weekends, uh, Friday, Saturdays for sure, we, we get a truck or a food vendor. So, sounds like uh, Tuesdays with you got the trivia and the tacos sounds like a pretty hard night to pass up around here and you got travis pouring beers it's always uh it's always a good time for everybody you should yeah. come anyway Woo! yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't let that deter you from coming in now yeah um you guys mind, uh, have anything else to say about the the blue man shoe sure i'll uh, throw in with some of my thoughts here um is it is a tricky one for me to review because we're coming from my literally my favorite even type of beer on the last one and i'm struggling not to just make a direct comparison to that one <laughs> and try to uh, evaluate on the strengths of the beer itself um, and some things I, I I don't know if I'd call them weaknesses or maybe just things I didn't like as much about it um, the I, I'll be honest I tried this before you guys started talking about it um, probably just that I don't have a lot of blueberries in general I've never been the biggest fan of it I knew that there was some flavor that's going on there that was that made it a lot more complex than the one that we had previously and I couldn't quite place it until you said blueberry I'm like now no, that's clearly it um, it's kind of that's, but yeah, if you, if somebody were to be told that, oh, it's a blueberry beer or something, I would get a completely different idea in my mind. It's more like a subtle hint that's adding to it. Um, that's kind of making it into a more complex flavor the way some beers will have like a little bit of lemon or a little bit of orange or something. This one is blueberry. So if you like that, perfect. Eh, not for me, but it's another one of those kind of like lighter, fairly easy drinking beer. I'm not going to call this one a summer beer. This is almost more of an all time of the year, I feel like. Um, and for the people who would like it, I think this is like probably their perfect kind of beer. And you'll notice, you brought up an interesting point of how it's kind of a background flavor. You'll notice as we go through the flight, especially when we get down to our peanut butter porter and the uh, coconut red, um, I try not to let the flavor, the fruit, or the adjuncts I add be what controls the beer. I try to get that base beer profile to stand out, and the flavorings we do are just kind of an additive to it, kind of a secondary kind of thing. I don't want it to be a, you know, that to be the main staple of the beer. Yeah. Say, I think you guys have found a great balance so far. Anything that you want to add in this one? I'm usually a dark beer kind of guy. The darker the better. Uh, but I really like this beer. It's, uh, um, I think that... Is that how you like your women, too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like my coffee. Darken um, with a good head. Dark and bitter and hates you in the morning? 
Um, if she makes it to the morning, <laughs> ground up in the freezer. Sorry, I got you guys off. Busy on no, you, I you, haven't, you haven't heard enough of our shows. That's, this is about how they normally go. Busy on the tongue. Yeah. Uh, but getting back to this beer, um, yeah, I, I like the subtle blueberries. I, um, I think that the one thing that I would add is that this feels crisp, almost as crisp as the uh, the uh, barefoot blonde that we just had, um, and I think that's one of, like one of the things I really like about it. Um, so, you know, I usually don't like lighter beers, but yeah, both of these both of these beers are quite pleasant to drink. Cool. Guys, got any other last notes on the on the blue? Let's pause and get the next one set up. Now back to uh, an important report here at All American Ale Works. We're moving on to our third taste of the night. Uh, so, Ryan, let's talk about uh, this one. So, this is old school. Uh... <laughs> oh, he's already giving it a go. You gave it a smell. You gave it a smell. I took a sniff. I said I don't like hops, right? This could be fun. <laughs> Spoiler. So, okay, Ryan, let's get to this one then. So, uh, this is... This is not one of our normal year-rounds. It's in the year-round flight because it's a variation of one of our year-rounds. We just ended up, we just ended uh, OC Beer Week. Um, so we did a twist on our old-school mixtape, which is the, the mother of this beer, I guess you could say. And we call this one Old School Remix. So it's one of my favorites. I'm, a, I'm an IPA. I'm a hop guy, um, as a lot of Southern California people are. But... You know, your normal traditional IPAs are high alcohol, so you sit down and you're trying to do yard work or something and you drink an IPA and it knocks you on your ass fairly quickly. So I wanted to come up with a sessionable IPA flavored kind of beer that was low alcohol that I could enjoy a few, whether I'm at the river or at the beach or working around the house. So that's where this one came about. Um, we do it with uh, Mosaic and Amarillo hops, so you're going to get... Uh, some some fruit, some citrus from the hops. The malt profile, uh, it's fairly simple to let the hops shine. It's it's just a pale malt with some uh, flaked barley and a little bit of Munich there to add some body and a little bit of sweetness to it. Um, and then for this, for the remix, we uh, put um, grapefruit puree in it. So that that was kind of a little the remix on the mixtape that we did for OC Beer Week. So I, I'm going to start off with this. I, I'm I like a mild amount of hops. I, I think a lot of the IPAs get a little too overboard. It's just like most most IPAs, in my opinion, go out of the way to go. How much hops can we squeeze into one beer? It's nice as an accent flavor, but if it's just nothing but just punching your face hops, I'm I'm out. This is a really really palatable balance of good beer, just enough hop on the end. It's just kind of like kind of a, a peat on whiskey, right? A little bit of scotch, get a little bit of that smoke on the end. It's it's kind of, I think the kind of the beer equivalent there. Yeah. Derek, you want to uh, disagree with me there on that one? I can stay quiet. It's fine. It's okay. It's, it's, it's <laughs> feel free. It's your turn to go on this one. I don't like IPAs. Um, to me, they kind of taste like Windex most of the time. <laughs> but not to get my nose uh, too firmly planted up your guys' keisters. <laughs> this is actually the first uh, IPA I ever enjoyed. Um, and it kind of opened my eyes to the possibility that there might be more out there that I enjoy. And I have actually since found some more, actually on the recommendation of, uh, of Travis, that I did enjoy. Um, and that being said, it's... It doesn't make me think of Windex. I don't... I usually call IPAs the, uh, the gin of beer. If I want to taste, you know, <laughs> strange, weird flavors in my drink, I'll, you know, yeah. drink some Windex. But, no, this is delightful. It's, it's pretty light on the tongue, comparatively. Um, 
it makes me feel like a man when I drink it, even though it's a little fruity. Because yeah, it just it's good. Is that why you have an umbrella in your glass? Look, I. This is a podcast. I can do things. Stephen, don't throw me under the bus, please. Just out of him. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm happy with where the little remix on it turned out. You definitely get that grapefruit on the back, yeah. and it adds a fair amount of bitterness to it. The beer is not usually the base beer is not usually this bitter. The grapefruit actually did add a decent amount of excuse me bitterness to it. Yeah, and complexity. I yeah. Oh. I, I'm, I, I like lighter hopped beers if I'm going to something hoppy, and I am not a fan of grapefruit at all. But had you not told me any of, of what this was going into it, I wouldn't have called this hoppy uh, until I had finished it and, and kind of had let uh, some air hit my tongue. And then I noticed the hops after that. And I realized that you had a really interesting uh, compare contrast between the grapefruit, kind of that citrus bitter bite, uh, and the hops, and I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that it, it's it's a it's a it's a great contrasting flavor that kind of comes up with a, with a new uh, thing out at the end. I, I I really appreciate that actually. Yeah. Um, going back to kind of what Chris said too about I, I have this conversation with people all the time about the the I call it like basically like the arms war. Or the arms race of uh, <laughs> IPAs. It was it was a few years ago. It felt like every brewery uh, was involved in the world's biggest dick measuring contest of, of IBUs. Of who? Yeah, who could who could make the hoppiest, most bitter beer? And and, and for a while, it was fun to just be like, wow, that's ridiculous. They got this many. This got so. I mean, we we all tried them, and well, I mean, the ones that like IPAs. But at the end of the day, what going back to to what Ryan and I and, and all the other people that are involved in the brewery, what we like to drink. Is I mean we still like to have more than one of them without ruining our, our palates, and we want to be able to drink multiple beers and and have a good day. There's not a I mean I'll, I'll leave the surprise beer to last, but I mean as far as the beers we normally brew, we don't have a beer above eight percent for that reason. At least right now, it's it's we want to be the most accessible uh, like brewery you can walk into and go I'm going to have anything up there and I can have multiples of it. So even our double IPA sits at eight percent and it's. It's actually less bitter than I think our regular IPA, to be quite honest. So IPAs don't need to be chunky, is what you're saying? No, no they always have to have chunks. In them. Okay, that's, that's, yeah. that's what makes them an IPA. Yeah. It's, okay. <laughs> the P is for pulp. Pulp. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Just pulp. Okay. <laughs> so Aaron, uh, you want to add in on uh, on this on this remix? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just for pure amusement. Now yeah, this is the review everybody's been waiting for. No, no, I'll, I'll hold I'll hold Jeff for the end there. This is like oh, Bjorn. Yeah. This is like Bjorn, Bjorn and whiskey. With whiskey. Yep. Uh, I'm firmly planted between uh, Jeff and uh, Derek here, and I actually do like hops, so I um, I really like this. It's very subtle. Uh, it's almost a little a little creamy, I would say. Not not full creamy, but like it's, a, it's got nice creamy. It really feels like you're biting into like maybe the like have the rind of the grapefruit um, at the very beginning of it, and then the the, the, the little subtle hop, hops on the end. Um, just just delightful to drink. All right, let, let's get to this, Jeff. We love you as a friend, but don't don't. I know you're no me to hurt anyone's feelings here, but let's let's hear your opinion on this bad yeah, boy. Don't hold anything back. Uh, I just heard I heard somebody say earlier that they they were starting to drink it, and then they just kind of gotten through it, and all of a sudden, like towards the end, they kind of realized, oh, there's a little bit of hops to it. <laughs> yeah, let's go on. 
Oh, that's that's one way to look. <laughs> There's. I'm I'm gonna almost just go on a limb here and just say that I'm I'm convinced that legitimately some people probably taste hops differently than others. That their tongues, something about the way that they taste, like cilantro. That it's, yeah, it's just, it's drastically different, and yeah, I got hops on the nose, on the initial sip, on the back end, and for some reason I must just have like the taste buds that just get, they, they can't see past it. For the people that can, man, I, I know that they love it, I mean, I'm just having trouble getting a lot of other notes. I feel I like you say, almost like want it to be the case, because if people like that taste, it's you. It must be. I, I will say, this is one of the easier ones to drink. That, I, that I've had, and that's it's, it's it is very smooth. It's a very well balanced drink, so it's not like the hops are like getting in the way of, of the the texture of it. And I can tell there's other flavors. I do get some of the grapefruit. Um, it's it's just that the predominant flavor happens to be one I really don't like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, anyone want to add anything else on this uh, this one? I think we're at a good point. Let's pause and get on to the next. Okay, before we get into the drink number four, Derek, of course, came up with a, a great line about um, the, the session remix right as soon as I press pause. That just always seems to be the way it goes. So, Derek, why don't you tell us what you said about uh, the remix? The remix almost... No. Uh, the remix actually almost reminds me of, like, what if you decided to make an IPA shandy? It tastes a lot like a... Because it's kind of a refreshing taste to me that I don't usually associate with an IPA. I don't normally think, oh, I'm thirsty, I should drink bitter throat closing juice well you're wrong yeah <laughs> so with and that you should drink it all the time so let's let's move in and let's talk about number four now uh so number four is a west coast style ipa um we call it renegade warrior it's packed full of mandarina bavaria hops from germany and uh idaho seven hops so you get a real big kind of tangerine orange flavor from the hops out of this one. A little bit of fruitiness from the Idaho 7, a little bit of dankiness from the Idaho 7. Um, it's got a little bit more of a caramel kind of malt bill to it than Old School Remix did. That's why the color is a little bit darker. It's got a little bit more body. Uh, traditional style uh, West Coast IPA. I, um, yeah, I've, I've of course had every single thing that you brew and what's in the rotation, what's out of rotation. Um, I like that you guys keep this going. Well, okay. Everything that's been on sale so far, I've had. Um, and, and again, I, uh, I, I appreciate when, when, uh, when beer has a good amount of hops, but not going over the top. I, I again think you guys don't try to overthrow anything, even with uh, something a little more traditional like this. Um, I think I'm actually going to throw it to Aaron about this. He seems to be uh, among the more hop nutty guys. Yeah, this is a, a nice IPA. I mean, it's it's crisp, it's smooth um, to me. Um, it's got the bitterness that I like. It's not overly bitter, and you do get those uh, fruit notes coming through. It's a, it just feels like a really nice blend. Yeah. Um, I could drink this all day. Are you broken? <laughs> um, I like the bitterness. Yeah, so so bitter definitely is is the resounding note here. Yeah. Um, and uh, when I was first uh, tasting, having it in in the mouth, it, it had a it had a, a good coating, 
Um, and I was getting a lot of that caramel, and I was really enjoying that. But then when you finish <laughs> and swallow, punches yes. you in the back. It punches you. Yeah. 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 And these are, like uh, are getting a little warmer as we see here, and you definitely get more of that punch the warmer IPAs get. You're sure. going to get more of the bitterness out of it. And you get a, a little bit of the resiny, the resinous yeah. uh, mouthfeel on it too with, that you get from some of those hops, the dank, your, dank hops, where it kind of coats your mouth and you kind of almost have like a grainy... Yeah, dankiness on, yeah. on the back end. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, for, for the ones that like IPA, just, uh, that's exactly what you want and expect out of it. But um, yeah, as it warms up a little bit, <laughs> uh, probably shouldn't afford all the flights when we started. Um, <laughs> note to self. Yeah. Um, but... It, even when it's warmed up, it's not you're not you're not losing anything on it. You got getting a few different flavors. Uh, the orange actually does, I think, stand out a little bit more as it's opened up and warmed up. But um, yeah, it's a nice hoppy bitter beer. I guess I should correct myself a little bit. I said traditional West Coast IPA. It's kind of a break from a traditional West Coast IPA and the fact that your traditional West Coast IPAs that started down in San Diego were known for. You know, the four C's for the hops, the Cascade, the Centennial. Yeah. You know, I we broke away from that and obviously used the German Mandarina and the Idaho 7. So the flavor profile on the hops are a little bit different than a, a true traditional West Coast. But for the so, most part, it sits around the same. So you heard it. Don't don't be hitting, don't be sending that hate mail to them just yet. Yeah. yeah. Derek, you want to add in on this bad boy? Smooth, clean, crisp. Those are words that I've described other of the beers here with. For myself, a non-IPA fan, um, this beer is so dank, I'm surprised they don't serve it at Coachella. That being said, there's a lot of really complex flavors in there that I can appreciate, even though it's not really my kind of beer and I wouldn't order it for myself. Those, that tangerine flavor that you're talking about can really be, can really be tasted. Um, and it's, it's quite pleasant. And I think that I could see why it goes with the hop flavor. I could see those going together really well. And I have had this beer cold and actually found it pretty palatable for myself there. Yeah. Just being a non-IPA fan, I would probably uh, order almost everything else on your menu, actually, <laughs> and, and love it. But yeah, a lot of complex flavors, though. Jeff, you want to say anything about this? Yeah, um, I, I don't know enough about hops obviously to be able to see it, say how this is di significantly different from what might be a more standard one I, I the hop profile to this didn't get in the way as much at least as uh, the previous one we were having the the blue man uh, no, not the, blue man. the remix I'm sorry um, however um, I was getting the initial hits of like I think it was caramel for the most part a lot of that is it was kind of just sitting in the mouth, especially in that like mid-mouth as you're just kind of holding it there, you get tons of that. Um, I actually thought this one was quite nice. Um, I find it weird giving my compliments to something that has this much hops to it. Um, still, of course, got a lot of hoppy flavor. It, it does good in the way of my enjoyment of it, just, just me personally, but the flavor profile, I, I, I preferred more uh, than the previous, and uh, I think it, I'm losing my train of thought here. I actually thought, yeah, it was not too bad. Okay. Interestingly enough, uh, just looking at uh, Jeff's glass, there's there's uh, less in the one we just tried, which I think means he likes it a little bit more uh, than the session IPA. Yeah. So while we're while we're on these IPAs, um, let let me ask you, Ryan, what uh, 
what's on your your, your cycles here? I, I'm, I'm betting you guys have got something a little bit more stronger. What else is what's in the cycle now? What do you got coming up in your uh, your rotation, as it were? So we got a few things planned. Uh, anyone that's come to the taste room, obviously, can tell we're we're kind of a small fish in a big pond. We're for Orange County standards on breweries. We're we're smaller. We have seven barrel fermenters, um, which for those of you who don't know, a barrel is 31 gallons, um, and we only have three of them. So for us to, to pump out our six year-round beers, plus try to keep a variety going, it's, it's getting difficult for us as we approach our one year and we're growing. And we actually have plans to bring in some more fermenters here in the near future. Wow. But, um, you know, sticking to just what's in, we have a few things planned, not just with IPAs, but sticking to just IPAs for right now. Um, you know, we have a hazy IPA on tap right now. That's not in the future, but we're going to let you guys try that here at the end. Yeah. Uh, we want to do a, uh, you know, a milkshake IPA. A lot of people are enjoying those right now. So we'll take an IPA and we'll pack it full of lactose to give it that sweet, creamy, heavy uh, mouthfeel. And then we'll pick some tropical, you know, fruit purees or concentrates to mix in there. Um, an interesting trend I want to mess around with in the near future is edible glitter in your IPAs. <laughs> Uh, I have an idea to do an all-galaxy hopped uh, IPA with this edible glitter and give it some sort of uh, Star Wars galaxy type themed name and branding to it. So that's coming down the pike. Um, I feel like there's a possibility of, of fighting vampires in the name there. That I think you could really... <laughs> we, yeah, that, that's a good idea too, actually. I was thinking with just the galaxy theme because of the hops, but yeah, with the glitter... Yeah, I'm just sure. expecting hop solo. Yeah, see, <laughs> I need to have you guys over drinking for all my names. Now we're going to get a cease and desist from yeah. George Lucas. Yeah, exactly. Ha ha, use our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then Travis's brainchild we're going to start working on soon is uh, a lot of people are interested in the brewing process and what, what flavors you get from different hops. So we have a grain bill in mind, super basic grain bill, and we're going to do... Uh, we're going to call it one if by land, two if by sea. So the one if by land relates to the single hop variety we're going to use. So every time we do it is going to be a different single hop variety. And the two if by sea is because it's going to be a double IPA. Like and obviously that's in terms, Travis is a genius here, that's in terms to, well, let you explain it, you know, it's your, it's your brainchild. Oh, why, you mean, why we're naming it one if by land, two if by sea. Well, we were, uh, I remember we, we were uh, all up in a little family vacation up in the mountains and uh just it, it's it, we were we were thinking of uh, ideas to expand just based on our our at that point we were still just brewing a few basic beers and doing everything pretty straightforward. I don't think the doors of the brewery were even open yet, um, and it was just something we wanted to do for a little bit of fun. And I mean, it's it's such a famous line in the history of the birth of the United States, and we were uh, not even born yet brewery. And I thought it would be cool to to play around with a single hop series because I know I've learned a lot about myself uh, getting to try different IPAs that are single hops because most of the IPAs you're going you're gonna to drink are going to be three, four hop varietals and if, if you've never actually played around with them, you don't know which one you're liking and which one you're hating. Um, I, for my for one, have found out that I do not like Sriracha Ace. It's like drinking pickle juice. But in, in the right beers and the right uh, varietal, like the, the right mix and ratio, it's probably fantastic. I just happen to have a single hop Sriracha beer, uh, Sriracha Ace beer, and if, uh, I don't know how you feel about pickles, but if you don't like pickles and don't like IPAs, Jeff, do not try Sriracha Ace anything. I'll just, a heads up, a little friendly tip. 
Sriracha Ace can actually be used, if it's used right, you get more of a lemon profile out of it. If it's used wrong, it can turn to dill pickle very quickly. Mm -hmm. well, that's and I people drink like pickle juice with like shots of whiskey and say, oh, it's like lemonade. It's pickleback. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think with that, it's a good time. We'll pause before we move on to number five. Oh, someone, you want to add in? Okay, cool. Let's pause to get to number five. Oh, and now we're on to number five. I think that uh, we're having a good time here. Uh, all American Travis looks like he might fall out of his stool over here. He's kind of shaky. Good thing we're in the low, uh, yeah. low schools. Yeah. Am I shaky? Well. Now they're on number five with these five-ounce, uh, generous five-ounce yeah. Very generous. So, again, here we are, the Imperfect Pour at All American Ale Works. Talk to me about number five that we're about to try here. Number five is a fun one for me. Um, number five and number six were actually beers that I never really did on the homebrew side until right before we opened. They were just concepts I messed around with, and they went to Beer Fest with us and just absolutely went crazy. Uh, so obviously they made the cut of uh, year-round beers. Uh, this one's called Storm the Beach. Uh, it starts off as an American-style red ale. Got a ton of Crystal 77 malt in it to give it a toffee, caramel, uh, even a little bit of a dark fruit kind of flavor to it, and it's red color. Um, so the interesting thing with this one is we put uh, a decent amount of toasted coconut in it when it's done. Uh, we age it on some toasted coconut. And uh, coconut's pretty common in beers, but normally you'll see it in stouts. Um, so we get that a lot from people is, that's an interesting choice to do coconut in this, but I thought it was a great, great mix because I think Caramel and coconut go great together, and a, a true flavor of a red, you're going to get those toffee, those caramel flavors. So, I think it goes uh, goes real well with it, and it's just enough there, like kind of like the we, we got some talks on the Blue Man Chew, just enough there that you know it's there. It's not almost like you have to search for it sometimes. I think I, I think I have to search for the yeah. I think I I think I find the coconut easier than I do the the blueberry, but. Maybe I'm just a little more coconut advanced, but again, I mean, you talk about, uh, you know, here we were talking about, you know, how many difference you've had just in your years, and for the most part, most of us have said, wow, among the best blondes we've had, among the best, you know, blueberry, well, it's hard to say, I don't think anyone still has had. <laughs> Too many blueberry beers yeah. out there. At least um, not sour, you get a yeah. ton of blueberry sours. Um, but but your 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 session IPA remix is you know like we said among the best that we've had. You just you, you take each one so properly seriously, but at the same time making it easy enough for everyone to be able to drink. For anyone who's not a, a super beer person, it's got a really nice blend. And um, I actually came in not being a red fan. Reds were kind of the things that I weren't really into when it came to beer. Except you, Travis. Yeah. Well, there's yeah there's always exceptions to the rules. And uh, you, if it wasn't for you guys, I probably wouldn't have tried a whole bunch more reds. I wouldn't go out of my way to go buy one. But, man, the uh, the flavors you guys pull are just really super awesome. Um, I think with that, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Aaron, why, why don't you give me a little bit of review on this bad boy? Uh, well, I, I've been looking forward to this one all tasting. Having had most of the beers here, this is my, my favorite one. It just... It, it's the right amount of like a little bit of creamy, a little bit of like light syrupy, um, malty. I mean, it's uh, and then just the like the coconut garnish on top. It just feels like it, it, it's like the cherry on the sundae to me. 
Um, it, it, perfect. I, this is the, the one beer I always get when I beer. Yeah, I always, I also always think that man, just a, just a hint of cocoa nib on this thing, just making a freaking candy bar beer. It's not a bad idea. We might have to do a little twist on it. Yeah, Derek, you want to add on that? Funny you mentioned that because when I first drank this beer, my first thought was like a German chocolate cake because that like it's just the, the toffee is like it's, it's a toasted dark you know sweet flavor and similarly to chocolate it just kind of has that profile to me yeah. it it's it's lovely yeah see knowing knowing uh, Ryan Ryan's my brother-in-law nobody else knew that because it wouldn't have been public knowledge on the, on the podcast but sure this is something knowing him that I'm surprised this beer hasn't turned into yet is I know him and his sister's love affair with Girl Scout cookies <laughs> and I don't know how chocolate hasn't been added to this yet. Because essentially, if you add a little chocolate to it, it becomes, what, a Tagalong? Or a Samoa? Samoa. A Samoa. I, I thought yeah, they yeah, changed yeah. the name of that this year. Tagalong's the peanut butter one. Yeah, yeah. It becomes a Samoa. I mean, that's basically what you've got here is, is with that light coconut, a little bit of chocolate. Holy crap. I, I'm just glad you didn't pause between brother-sister love affair and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, there's yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> it's all in in how it's presented. So, oh, yeah, and, and then and then you can uh, you you get one, you put a little almond in it, and then you can say you got you know. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you like an almond joy. This is actually the highest alcohol year-round beer we do. It sits at seven percent, so yeah. it's, a, it's a little higher up there. Oh, Stephen or Jeff, you gotta add in on this one. Anything? Yeah, I. Um, so I'd, I'd been writing down notes kind of as the description was being read for this, and then I tasted it, so I crossed all those out and wrote Caramel Macchiato. This is... <laughs> yeah, the, when it sits there, um, that, that description doesn't actually do enough justice to, like, the toastiness and the, like, warm. You're just, like, sitting by a fireplace drinking this. This is fantastic. Um, it's... Uh, like, if, if the first one was a summer beer, this almost feels like a winter beer. This is, like, actually cozying up next to a fireplace type thing. I, I could see this being, like, an all-around time of year thing in general, just because it is very light, so it's not like it's obscenely sweet or anything. You get these caramel notes, but they're punctuated with, like, the, the toastiness that kind of mellows out this kind of red. There's a lot of reds I don't like. This one is phenomenal, though. I, I, I think Jeff hits it right on the head. Um, compare and contrasting to, to like the, the blonde lager, which is that that um, kind of crisp, clean summer experience. This is really that I want to wrap up, be warm next to a fire kind of experience on the very opposite end. Uh, both very drinkable, but kind of a, a different time. Uh, I see this kind of pulled out at the campfire at the at the end of the day at a vacation or something, um, versus something else where I, I might be down at the river playing in the river. Uh, and drinking something a little bit lighter. Like cuddling a lumberjack on a cold winter night. We don't want to know about your Wednesdays. Yeah. <laughs> with oh. coconuts. So, so with that said, um, well, obviously we've, we've had, you know, the, the orange honey and the blueberry, and here we are with some coconut, and, and we were talking about some tangerines. Let's talk about some of the other stuff you have on your on your, uh, your rotations that are a little more fruit floor, because I, I know that uh, some of my friends really enjoy your, um, your pineapple. Or pineapple uh -huh. cream ale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's not marketed as a year-round, but because of the following, 
it usually tends to be more of a year round in our tasting room. And because of his wife, it's like never allowed to not be on tap. Yeah, if we run out of that for too long, I get I get yelled at at home and by multiple customers that come <laughs> in because the you know the male half will come in, the husband will want to sit down and drink, but the wife's pissed off because she doesn't drink a lot of beer, so. Mermaid Bubbles is kind of a hybrid between a cider and a beer, is how I would describe it. Super light bodied, super clean. Uh, we do it with just regular two-row and, uh, and rice, flaked rice. So super clean, malt profile, and then we pack it full of pineapple. So uh, it's well liked by a lot of the women that aren't beer drinkers, so the men get to stay and drink longer. Yeah. But there's a, a good... Men, don't be afraid to try it. There's a good... Aaron, Aaron, I'm woohooing over here. And Michael, too. Yeah, my my heterosexual life mate, Michael, is is (laughs) definitely a big fan of that. They had some uh, mimosas on Sunday. So, um, and and just to add to that, among when you guys had your grand opening, you guys killed it because you guys were actually doing it with a pineapple sorbet. And (laughs) and that was... I I have never had a beer float as good as that ever. I, I have... They have that, that, that peanut butter one. Yeah, we're, we're, well, I was going to hold that for later. but so There's so going to yeah. be a lot of people upset this summer. We're not bringing the beer floats back because oh, uh, bring your the health department doesn't, doesn't appreciate you uh, serving food. They, they uh, mean ice cream is a food. What so, if I bring my own ice cream? You can sit at the table with your own ice cream and mix oh, it yourself. Okay. Yeah, we're not allowed. My bartenders or myself, we're not allowed to, to serve food into the beer but if you bring okay. you show up with a pint of uh, your favorite ice cream and want to mix with my beer so a pint with it. a pint yeah and <laughs> hypothetically if I were to bring a pint of ice cream what would you recommend for the <laughs> so we did we did three floats last year all of them were killer and they, they did great um, we did mermaid bubbles the pineapple cream ale with uh, pineapples like sorbet mm-hmm. or pi- even uh, I think later in the year when we couldn't get the sorbet we did a, a pineapple sherbet we even had uh, vanilla ice cream at one point too, and it was like a kind of a Dole Whip too. Yeah, that did taste like a Dole Whip when we did the vanilla. We did Liberty or Death, which is the next beer we're gonna try. Our peanut butter porter with an actual like peanut butter cup ice chocolate ice cream, and, and it was and good. That was, that was delicious. And then we did Bearded Eagle. Oh yeah. Yeah, which we don't have on tap right now. It's not one of our year rounds. It's. Uh, it's a milk chocolate stout that we put a little bit of coffee from DCH Coffee Roasters in, and we did it with vanilla, and it was they were all delicious. I'm I'm really bummed we can't bring them back because yeah. we enjoyed it. Everyone else enjoyed it. And at the same time, we offered our craft root beer with vanilla to kids, and they were loving the root beer floats. Yeah, uh, that, that'll be another question on one of the other uh, probably on number six and number seven. But uh, I guess back back to what else? Uh, what other beers you guys have on on the rotation? That maybe fruit forward, maybe not so fruit forward. Uh, I think I mentioned it earlier, we uh, jumped on the hazy train with our, our haze train. It seems like, you know, for years, I can explain this more when we drink it, but it seemed for years brewers fought and fought to make clean, clear, crisp beers, and now it's the fight for who can make the chunkiest, heaviest, <laughs> uh, dirtiest looking beer. So, um, yeah, I'll explain that one a little bit more when we try it, but we got that on the rotation right now. You've got that uh, blood orange. Yo, every time we do our Renegade Warrior IPA, we do a portion of it on blood orange puree. Uh, people always enjoy enjoy that mix of it. Yeah. Um, we got an amber, a hop forward amber that's done with all Idaho 7s. Uh-huh. And I use the Idaho 7, which is the, one of the hops that's in Renegade. I used it uh, completely in the Whirlpool, which is after the boil. 
so you get kind of a dank dark fruit flavor which goes good with the caramel uh, flavors of the amber um, and then good vibes good vibes oh, would yeah, probably be vibes. the next the other big one that's our yeah it's a oatmeal stout that we do um, that we put uh, toasted coconut and cocoa nibs in it so it's kind of like a chocolate coconut yeah uh, delicious yeah and I, I uh, also uh, enjoy your uh, your oatmeal stouts too that was uh guys do a pretty good job on those yeah that'll come back uh yeah yeah yeah. um we got a couple other stouts that'll come back soon we like messing around with coffee that's something we started doing this year Uh, we got a roaster out in riverside dch roasting that works on blends with us so uh we did i think a few of you got to try it we did friend zone which was a a blonde where i live my life yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well wait wait for the uh Friends with benefits. Wait for the friends with benefits mm. uh, imperial version of it. This I've been waiting too. for that all my uh, life. Delicious. <laughs> and then we're gonna do the ground and pound. Uh, the uh, we got a smoked porter coming <laughs> with coffee soon. That's wow. gonna be called ground and pound. So uh, that's our. We're doing a rotational coffee thing. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're well, we're gonna start doing more. Um, you'll, you'll see our first go at kind of a, an imperial style beer with identity crisis that we'll try in a little bit. But we're gonna be doing more some quarterly bottle releases of some heavier alcohol imperial stouts and barley wines and stuff like that so sounds like good reasons for us to come back and uh, give you a chance to put it on the internet what it sounds like what it tastes like yeah all right i think uh, have you guys uh, unless you guys have uh, something else you want to add in on the uh on the storm of the beach i think we'll pause and move on to the the final before it turns into boiling beer okay and now we're going to get uh, back to another important report here at all american aleworks on to the sixth drink of our night, which is normally where we cap out, but um, well, we're going in tonight. So, uh, Ryan, let's talk about number six, because um, I'm, I'm always excited about this one. This is one of my favorites. Yeah, this beer actually has an interesting story behind it. Um, it we, we don't per se have a flagship beer, but if I had to pick a beer to be our flagship beer, this would be it. This beer has done really well for us since we opened a year ago, or even previous to opening. Um, Unlike many of the peanut butter beers you get on the market that are going to a base beer that's a sweet, creamy, uh, you know, kind of milk stout, I wanted something that was going to be a little more uh, on the roasty notes, not the sweet, creamy notes, and something that was a little lighter in the alcohol, a little more sessionable, but still gave you those delicious peanut butter flavors. So we were messing around with a batch of this in the garage on our 15-gallon homebrew setup before we even opened, and uh, we just decided to start with a, a brown porter, which is a mix between an American style brown and American porter. So you'll get some of the, some of the caramel flavors, um, but some roasty, roasty chocolate coffee notes also. Um, and we, we just mixed it with a, a good portion of peanut butter and we thought it was delicious. So we were doing a beer fest circuit at the time in Orange County to kind of promote our name, saying we were opening in the coming year. And uh, the first beer fest we took this to was uh, Taste of Long Beach. Long Beach yeah. And we, we were down there, and uh, we had a line for this. I mean, the, the following for this, that first beer fest was unbelievable. And then it followed up with three more beer fests after that, where it was the talk of the, the beer fest, and people were lining up asking when we were going to open for it. So I think it's, it, it sits at 5.3% alcohol, so it's super crushable for being a dark beer. And much like Blue Man Chew, you almost have to sell it to people because it's a dark beer. Hey, it's 5.3% alcohol, real easy drinking, real smooth, delicious, roasty coffee, chocolate, peanut butter, 
flavors. So, and then did did you mention the OC Weekly article too? Because oh, I, I don't know if I missed on that. It, it also got us uh, uh, beer of the week in OC uh, Weekly, the week we opened. So it was cool. They came in and did a write up, and you know, that was awesome. Yeah. So I will say, the very first time I came in because. Um, Travis and I have have known each other for a while. We we you know we fantasy sports the hell out of each other apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I came in just as I, I was at a show in in L.A. with Derek, and we're like, well, we need a drink after this. And we came down, and this was this was what changed from oh yeah, I'll go have a beer at my friend's place to oh dear God, I love this place. <laughs> um, your liberty, yeah, the liberty or death. This this peanut butter porter, um, the that fresh. Roasted peanut flavor is unmatched anywhere. Any peanut butter, anything that I've had that's alcohol related cannot touch the quality and and the like. Some things just are like a reminder of, of things, right? This makes me feel like I just cracked open some some real like salt peanuts, cracked the shells, took them. Like I felt like this is like an entire memory in every single sip of any time I've been anywhere and just had that fresh peanut in my hand. Yeah, just it, like uh, Ryan was saying earlier about everybody always says, you know, when they have a peanut butter beer, they think of a creamier one. My first time I came here, I looked at that and said, wait, peanut butter porter? Do they mean stout? And again, having it, I remember smelling it for the first time and just thinking, this is what it smells like when you open like a fresh jar of peanut butter. You were thinking, these idiots, they didn't even put the right beer description. <laughs> <laughs> Newbies don't even know what they're talking about. Real quick, Chris, it's funny you mentioned the salt, because we actually talked about doing the beer with kind of a gozo twist, which is kind of a salted beer, yeah. and actually putting like sea salt in the beer to give it like a true salted caramel, uh, peanut butter kind of flavor. If you were more musically inclined, I'd give you some names for that, but if you're, <laughs> if you're not a Dizzy Gillespie fan who had a song called Salt Peanuts, because the way that song ends, he just goes, mmm, salty. <laughs> <laughs> But that, that might that might be right. a little more. I want to add a little more to the description. Yeah, might. <laughs> salty. Yeah. My, so working in the tasting room, my favorite description of somebody drinking this beer for the first time, uh, it was a few weeks ago, a um, couple, couple sitting up at the bar. Um, That's my bartender over there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Orders, uh, they order the Liberty or Death, and they're sitting there drinking, and he, I can, I can just see the wheels turning in his head. And... First words out of his mouth stares me directly in the eyes, and he's like, "You can really taste the nuts." So, <laughs> I mean, you can imagine what happened after that. Just everybody lost their minds, but it was. But, but, but Travis, Travis, peanuts are not actually nuts. They're, 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 not, they're not. They're not. They're not nuts at all. There's no nuts. Uh, nuts. Actually, that, I feel yeah. like that's going to be on the label. Here she goes. Here she You can really taste the nuts. Because <laughs> it was just. It was so from the heart. It wasn't meant in any other way. Than just genuinely meaning it, but it could not have been worded any more wrong. Okay. <laughs> I just have to point out something from knowing Chris. That's not the first time within the last month that Chris has mentioned the song Salty Peanuts. <laughs> just to let you know how much of a music fan Chris is. What can I say? Um, but let, let's get off of uh, my, my strange wrong fascination. Let's get off your nuts. Yeah, let's get off. Let's get off. <laughs> And on to someone else's. Yeah, so, so uh, other, other people, um, let, let's talk about this liberty or death. Um, Steven, actually, let, let's, let's crash over to you. Sure. So I have a natural aversion to coffee. I, I am not only not a fan, I, I 
I go out of my way to, to stay away even from, from smelling coffee, which I know I'm unique in that world. I, I feel like everyone else has this passion for coffee that I have missed the boat on. Um, and so as soon as I see something that says porter, I cringe. I, 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 I worry right away that I'm just going to get overwhelmed with coffee. Um, and, you know, you try everything in life and you have the experience. Um, I'm really, really liking uh, this peanut porter. I'm, I'm not, there might be some coffee notes in there, but I, I feel like they're more coming, coming across um, maybe cocoa nub or, or nib or something like that rather than coffee. Uh, and I'm just, I'm really enjoying, but it, the, the focus really comes down to a, a very peanut forward, peanut exclusive kind of flavor. It's, it's, it's delightful. We kind of took the approach with this one that we took with Storm the Beach. We took an ingredient like peanut butter that's pretty commonly used in beers, but we didn't want to use it the same way as everybody else, so we used it a little differently. You succeeded. It yeah. stands out. We, we can commit. Like I, I haven't alluded to enough. I personally commend you on your palate and, and try to figure out what hop to what flavor to, what, to make what uh, final beer. And all of your year rounds are just so drinkable. Um, not that I want to, you know, play the brown nose game because I've had some of the other stuff that just not my speed. But man, you guys have picked six solid to keep uh, around year round, uh, in my opinion, at least. Well, we're taking uh, five beers to the Great American Beer Fest in Denver this year, and gonna throw our name in the hat for those beer styles as well as the small brewery of the year. So we'll see how. how that turns out for us. Awesome. So. Best of luck to it. Yeah. Before we get too far down it. Jeff or, or Aaron, or, or you guys want to add anything about? Oh, Jeff, yeah, hit this. Can I swear? Yeah, yeah we, we've got an age, an age profile. Yeah, this beer is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> That's um, that means good, right? Beep 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 yeah. beep. Um, I swell for the old bingo. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> this might be a weird compliment, but as I was drinking this, she likes your nuts. Like, yeah. <laughs> I could see this. I, I could see walking through a store and, oh, hey, there's Budweiser, there's Miller, here's this. Not, not that I'm comparing it to those two in the, in the genres of beer, but that I'm saying that this, this ought to be on that level. When you're looking for flaws in a beer or something, where, where the, like the common thing with a home-brewed method or like a, a, a smaller shop, and you can have a beer, you're like, I like these aspects, eh, here's some things that maybe for me I'd change. I got nothing. This beer is incredible. This is like as good as the a lot of these other ones were, and I like them so much. This is ridiculously good. I, I'm not a fan of porters. I'm not at all. As a person, weirdly enough, as a person who likes coffee, because they're you don't like that roasty coffee. Yeah, it, it doesn't have. It, it actually, this it's even better description because honestly, me and Derek. Um, just historically have actually found a couple of places around here that have very good peanut butter beers because peanut butter beers in general tend to be a pretty popular thing and there's been a lot of ones that actually fit that other description they often go for a sweeterness often creamier as somebody who likes those things in general I often find it's hard to get through them and they can actually conflict with the flavors and they don't and they're, they're not drinkable I can have maybe one or half of one and I feel like I can't have anymore I could have five of this I could have ten of this this is, this is amazing best thing all night this is what I take home in my growler whenever I bring it in. All right. Aaron, you want to add anything on this one? 
Um, I mean, just echoing the sentiments that everybody else has said, this this is very drinkable. It's not, um, like when you think of a porter, sometimes you think of something that's a little heavier and like thicker a little. This is, I mean, this is still kind of got that smoothness. It's only 5.3%, so it's, it's definitely not like super thick or hard to get through. I mean, yeah. It's not like drinking peanut butter. No, it's not. It's like drinking peanuts more than peanut butter, but like roasted peanuts are just fantastic. It smells um, so good. It's, this is probably, I think this is the most complex thing you have, like, to, to me. Um, so it makes it one of the most interesting. It definitely has the most uh, variety of malts. Out of all the beers I do, it has the most different malts in it to get the different flavors to it, as well as the peanut butter. So I think we put about six different kind yeah. of uh, malts in there. It comes across, this is definitely the most complex and interesting. When I, tr- when I have it each time, it just feels a little different each time, and it's just like... Keep coming back for it. Thank you. I, I just want to say this is literally one of my two favorite beers. Awesome. Like Glad literally, beer. it's, I'm, I'm not exaggerating at all. Right just up the top. PBR? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it won a blue ribbon. It won a blue yeah, ribbon. Blue ribbon. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I um, I, I see that uh, we have a seventh been put in front of us. Um, and there's an eighth if you guys are up for a couple I, of specialty. I think we. Here. I think I think none of us are going to say no. I mean, we we all are participants in a drinking show. But uh, I think we're going to pause and uh, get this number seven ready. So here we are with number seven. I know we normally get to six, but hell, let's go to seven. Um, so, Ryan, what 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 are we going on here with number seven? So what I was thinking uh, we could do here, guys, something fun. Uh, this is a, a little fun concept we did with a friend for OC Beer Week. Uh, without explaining it too much, I'd like to actually have you guys take some sips and tell me what you think and what you think it might be. A blind and then tasting? I'll explain it at the end. Oh, no. we uh, It's that's more fun than a yeah. blind date. No, I, well, okay. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we like to do blind tastings on things, and I'm, I think that's totally up our alley. It's, uh, cheers, guys, and thanks uh, for, for letting us come in and do our Cheers. Skull. Clink. I mean, usually we do a cocktail at the end, so I'm assuming this is just all the beers mixed together. Yeah. <laughs> King's <laughs> Cup. The old King's Cup game. Woo. A lot of nights throwing up because of that game. Whoa. Ooh. So, um... All right, it's going to take me a while to find some flavors, but that's amazing. Mmm. <laughs> that is, um... That's... Uh, okay. I, I, I hate to I'm going to use a, a simple term here, and, and I feel like I'm going to be laughed at as being that's complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you never get to blind taste with us too, so this is fun to get yeah. you on a blind taste. Well, you obviously didn't listen to our uh, our, our mule episode. Yeah, I missed the mule one. Yeah, because uh, I blinded I blind tasted the, uh, the the ginger beer. Are you, there, are you but... kicking yourself for missing the mule episode? Yeah. <sighs> Take a drink. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a stretch. <laughs> Uh, so, wow. Um, it's juicy. Yeah, I'm definitely getting kind of... Uh, fruit, yes. Yeah, fruit. <laughs> Tart. Juice Tarty. box. Wait, there's there's fruit in this? It, it looks... It, it, for those at home, it looks kind of like a glass of Welch's. Boy, is Jeff going to be bummed out when we tell him it's a triple IPA. And he's <laughs> what? Apparently, after double IPA, triple just cancels it out. It just it comes back all the it way rolls around. Back around like it's one of those three rights make a left thing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, shut up. <laughs> I said nothing. I blame this on drink seven. <laughs> 
it, it, it's it's never mind. Stop. Just, just so. <laughs> so the, the flavor is 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 berry, obviously. Um, I'm trying to figure out where it is in, in that berry world. Like I, I I'm kind of with uh, with some others. Is it grape? Mm, probably maybe more cherry or something in in that elk. Raspberry or blackberry? It's actually. I'll give you guys a hint. It's actually. A fruit that is very well known to this Orange County area that a particular ah. grower oh. in a particular area. Wait, wait, durian. In Orange County, <laughs> exactly. it's durian. Is it orange? Wait, wait. So it's Marionberry. No. Gooseberry. Lingonberry. Yeah. Avocado. Avocado. <laughs> Tomato? Tomato's a fruit. Let's, let's just say there's a theme park that base, right. is based solely around Poisonberry. Mice? Mice. Yeah, mice. There we go. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Is this made from Shamu? No. They had to do something with those whales once yeah. they quit the show. So. Well, All right. it, it you is know what? Berry, yes. Whale tastes amazing. <laughs> Don't so, tell anybody what's in it. So let's just backtrack and get to a, a, a little bit of serious here. So a, a boysenberry, huh? Yeah. Uh, you guys ready for me to spill the beans on the entire mix? Wait, or? it's beans? There's, yes, yes. Watch your gassiness later. Mm-hmm. Loaded with beans. Uh, well, <laughs> that's life. You know what? If, if it was like that, worth it. Yeah. Well, before before he goes ahead and spills beans, does anybody want to take a guess on a style of beer that they're drinking? Or you don't see it often. Cider. Style. I mean, Kolsch. I'm I'm reminded of the like Lindemann's Frambois, so I'm just gonna. I, I'm not sure if that's actually technically a type of beer, but it is. Frambois, yep. I guess. I assume Kolsch. That's a strong fruit forward So beer. not a Kolsch. <laughs> Definitely not a Kolsch. <laughs> yeah, but it, of your seasonals, I actually really like your guys' Kolsch, but that's, that's, yeah. that's for another back. time. It's, it's uh, coming back. Like, like the, what happens when you have the beans? It's coming back? It's coming back. <laughs> yeah. We'll do it again. All right, so, so let's, let, let's get to the spill because, um, man, th- this is – I don't know where to even start with this thing is so complex. <laughs> Beyond, yes, bo- berries, and yeah, I can definitely say – It's a cider. Berry. It does have a cider background, yes. You're somewhat somewhat close there. Um, so as some people know, some people don't, a good friend of mine, Alex Gonzalez, is opening Honey Pot Meadery right next door to us here off La Palma. He's a mad scientist, mad scientist oh. of meads. So what we did here for OC Beer Week, uh, this is called a braggot. Whenever you mix a beer with a mead, they, they call it a, a braggot. So... Where this started was we brewed ten and a half percent. We brewed a ten and a half percent alcohol barley wine, English style barley wine here, and we blended it with a twenty percent alcohol boysenberry mead that we did next door at Alex's spot. So we used two different types of honey in this. For me personally, on the nose, I get a ton of honey. Yeah. I get sweet honey Super for sure. Mm-hmm. And then I get the fruits, the boysenberry. Uh, we loads upon loads of boysenberry puree we put in the mead. I mean, I don't even, I don't even know where to start counting how many boxes <laughs> of boysenberry puree we put into one barrel of mead. A lot. But uh, um, he used orange blossom honey on his side, so you get a little of that citrus, orange blossom mm-hmm. stuff. And then we used buckwheat honey for the beer. Which is a little more earthy, uh, goes a little bit better with the barley wine, I thought. So, it's blended about three parts beer to one part mead, um, and it's sitting at about thirteen percent alcohol. Woo! So it's we're doing this is gonna be our first bottle release. It's actually 
getting released on draft tomorrow in the tasting room. Very limited supply of that. We only uh, caked up a barrel of that. And then we're going to do a bottle release of this next Saturday. Wow. Will you be selling growlers? We are not doing growler fills yet. So you'll have to buy bottles <laughs> if you want the, okay. Okay. the to-go version. All right. No cans or bottles of this one. So is this what I saw him looking up last Sunday when we were in here and we saw him behind the bar uh, making some concoctions? And yeah, we were testing the blend of how much mead to how much beer we wanted okay. to do. And we actually ended up having to revamp those numbers during blending because we lost so much to the boysenberry. We put so much boysenberry in this that it... We probably only yield about half a barrel of that barrel of mead that we started with because the rest was just, oh wow, boysenberry fruit sitting at the bottom. And I will that. tell you, if you're ever lucky enough to just try the boysenberry mead side of it, that sounds amazing. Yeah. it tastes Delicious. like juice and there's no chance on earth that you could guess it was 20%. No. You couldn't guess it was 3%. It tastes like juice and it, he find, it's his mission, I think, whenever I bartend. To come in and make me try all his blends and try to just get me to be able to not drive home. <laughs> that was so, rough. Well, yeah, because even he does it's these things job. called session meads, but they still sit at like seven percent alcohol. So it's like so they'll be open in June too. Like, yeah. I believe is what their their goal is. So come check us both out. Looking forward. To I, I think uh, not only will we, well, I'd be personally checking him out, but um, I would like to give him an opportunity to let us come in and review his stuff too. I think it'd be good for everybody. Yeah. But I mean, if, if it's all as good as this, I mean, why wouldn't you want to brag it? Uh, yeah, everyone take your drink. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is way a, a, an amazing departure. This is uh, oh, this is the this is what's not in the world enough. The the this this is love in a glass. So I didn't say the name. We're actually calling this identity crisis. Ah, there we go. That's perfect. So, you know, it's is it a mead? Is it a beer? Is it man? What it's a bead. A beast? What That's is a it? Perfect name for it. Because yeah. as I've drank it, I feel like it's changed. And, like, it's, I feel, per, for me, it's gotten better and better and better. My first taste was actually only so-so. And I was like, I'm not sure if I like this or not. And I felt very confused. So identity crisis yeah. being kind of Had that like anything to do with drinking or yeah. just you in general? No, <laughs> yes. I, I really appreciate that we had this after the peanut butter porter because my my burps now taste like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's just, I highly recommend the burps. I suddenly have an idea for half and half. Right. Oh, man. We, we've I actually guess. done a few of those here too. Yeah, we've done a lot with uh, the jam, jam session, session of strawberry, uh, strawberry wheat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mixing it. Uh, that's, and blue man chew too. We get a lot yeah. of people mixing blue man chew. That's that's the great part. Uh, if you're if you're in Orange County, you're in Anaheim, and you like beer, man, these guys just they just show the love to in every single glass. Because Travis, oh sorry, Chris, I cut you off. I was just saying because as as about to say showing love in the glasses. We decide that we're going to go for eight tonight. Yes, that's right. No? No eight? Not for me. Okay. He's done. I just want to say with Identity Crisis, that seems like... We, I think, briefly mentioned the Blue Manchu over pancakes. No, 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 no. The Identity Crisis over pancakes. Oh, we didn't mention that we did Liberty or Death as a pancake mix, too. Oh, no. How did I miss that? Yeah, that was delicious. We're gonna make like a reduction of this as, as like a syrup yeah. or like on pancakes. Like, but yeah, identity crisis reduction in the syrup oh. with some pancakes or something or waffles. Mm -mm -mm. I don't know if we've said this so far, but this one is the dessert one. This is very oh, yeah. much the finish off your meal. V with very them. sweet, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, you're you're, 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 you're starting with with a fruit forward to to borrow something from the wine world yeah. uh, experience. 
and then you're kind of experiencing a lot of the the the, the other notes in the beer world there. All right. Well, um, since we have an eighth to get to, I think it's uh, pause and get ready for it. You guys have anything else you want to add to this uh, identity crisis? Other than man, can't wait for it to be released and to grab a couple bottles to own self. Let's pause to get to number eight. Oh, and here we are, number eight, because, oh, it's just a good night, and this is just damn good beer. The Imperfect Pour is here at All American Ale Works. Oh, Ryan, talk to me about this uh, this murky little glass here. So I gave you guys a teaser about this little, I guess I'll call it a beauty, little beauty earlier. Um, you know, the, the haze craze right now is crazy. All these breweries are doing these hazy beers that look like swamp water but taste like del- delicious, fruity, hoppy goodness. Um, so we decided, we did one uh, earlier when we first opened, it turned out so-so in my opinion. I don't have a lot of experience with hazies, so I'm learning as I go with these. I think this one turned out a lot better. Um, it's got a crap ton of rolled oats to give it kind of a heavier mouthfeel, uh, kind of smoother drinking mouthfeel. And then it's got just a crap ton of hops added post-boil in the Whirlpool. And then we dry hop it with three pounds per barrel, which is an absurd amount of hops. Um, we use Denali and Azaka. Um, so it's, you get a little bit of dankiness, peach, mango, tropical fruitiness out of it. So um, it, it turned out a little more bitter than I wanted it to. Next go, we'll try to drop the bitterness down a little bit more, but I think we're on the right track with it. It's had, we released it last week and it's been well received. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> I, uh, I've been slow to hop on the hazy IPA train. I am a fool. That or I just need to, you know, start at the right place, and I guess I did. Um, again, don't worry about how murky it is. The, the color profile is very tropical. Orange and, juice. Yeah, and that, that first note, when it hits your tongue, man, I got just mango and pineapple, and it just, it's just so so interesting and so fun. And Yeah, you get a little hop on the end, but nothing, nothing that's going to kill anybody who's not a big hoppy fan. Um, you guys want to say a little something about this beyond me? Jeff, you look a little... I think Jeff should just go right now. That's who I was interested in really seeing what he thought about it. Because it, it is kind of fruit forward, but a little bitter at the same time. It is hard for me to see past the hops. <laughs> of course it's going to be. Um, I, I've, I've got to admit this definitely... I, when, I, when I initially like looked at it, I didn't assume it was going to be the hoppiest thing we'd have all night. My, my initial taste confirmed that it probably was, and then your description of it, I'm like, I, yeah, I think I was right with that, that it probably is the hoppiest thing we've had so far. Um, not by bitter I, levels, though, I wouldn't think. It, did it taste as bitter as Renegade to you? Uh, not really well. I, I just didn't mind Renegade as much. I, I don't know how to describe it other than that. Um, this one, you, I, I definitely see what you mean about the, the fruit up front. Um, the fruit up front is quite nice. Um, for me personally, I would need it to be a little bit less bitter to enjoy it fully. But in its current iteration, I think if somebody were to really, really, really like hops a lot and they're able to get past that aspect, the fruity notes are fantastic. Yeah. I, I find it, Jeff, so interesting that you did kind of like the Renegade Warrior and that's, I, I feel, more bitter than than this and the uh, Session. like. Yeah. In my defense, I also drink black coffee usually. That's my, my go-to. So I don't like maybe it's not the bitterness, but the actual hop taste. 
whatever the varietal is. Yeah. So one of the things that I learned tonight that I, I didn't realize is I assumed hopped meant bitter, and I, I wasn't a giant fan of bitter. Um, what I realized is there's a fun hop flavor that I do like, and it's there's a, a balance that has to occur, and hop doesn't mean bitter. It just it right. seems like everyone tends to throw down that hallway. Right. Um, there's specific hops that are used specifically for bittering. So it, and the times you use yeah. them. I mean, you can, like any ingredient with beer, you can judge when you're going to use it. If you use a hop early in a boil, you're going to extract a lot of bitter, bitterness from it. If you use it middle boil, it's going to be a little less bittering. End of the boil, less bittering, more of those fruit, the aroma, the, those flavors start coming. So and then all post-boil, you look at, I mean, this is all post-boil hopping. This is all, we turn the boil off. We get it whirlpooling in the kettle, and everything goes in and whirlpools and mixes in. Most places I'll just avoid IPAs and anything that's just naturally hoppy because nine times out of ten, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up with the same experience. And I would rather spend my time and interest trying to find something that I'm, I'm actually going to like. Um, Ryan, you've, you've made me a convert. I'm, I'm willing to trust you, uh, you to go down the IPA path, uh, and I, I, will, I will have that experience with you. Also something to remember, too, is since we all are booze drinkers as well, there are very few human beings on this earth that liked IPA the first time they had it. It is an acquired taste. It is one of those yeah, things that, like, when, when you hear people talk about why they like an IPA, it's like they drank one and then their buddy told them that that's all they were drinking the rest of the night, and eventually you, you acquire a taste. Black coffee being the same thing. A lot of people don't just drink their first cup of black coffee and go, yep, this is it. It, it. it is something that you have to acquire the taste. And yeah, there are some IPAs that are just straight bitter for no apparent reason. I have a friend that the first IPA he ever drank tasted like cut grass to him. I don't remember what it was and I don't remember what it, why he thought that, but he avoided it for years and then got back into it and absolutely loves him now. But if you have a bad experience the first time, like he was saying, Sierra Nevada is was was my first craft beer that I truly loved. It was his. It, it's a lot of people of our, our generation and generations before. It's should be on the Mount Rushmore of, of craft beer. It, the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is just such a. It's a crazy pale ale because today it'd probably be considered an IPA almost, with the level of bitterness and the the way it's perceived, but. It's, it, it's, that's kind of what we cut our teeth on, and, and now, I mean, we're, if, if it was between me and him, we'd probably just only brew IPAs for ourselves and drink, but um, we understand other people in the world need to drink beer. That flight would be all different IPAs. Yeah. <laughs> how how dare you guys even talk about darker. getting rid of the Liberty or Death? How well, we're never, never, never get rid of it. But yeah. it would be a hoppy Liberty. No. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go um, darker. Oh man, I. Uh, Did you have our pecan brown when we had it on tap? No. The oh, pecan on your own side. That's also that's oh, my yeah, crowning that's achievement <laughs> at this brewery right now. Is that name? Bring that back. So, wait, what, what's yeah, the name it's coming back. Yeah. Okay. Pecan someone else. It was a pecan nut brown. Um, uh, my wife's my yeah. wife's eyes rolled so far into the back of her head. I'm surprised they came back. <laughs> Did a full 360. Yeah. It's, well, so. I, I got to say that even as a high, you know, the hazy is great. Um, everything we've had tonight, maybe a little different, but uh, but enjoyable in its own right. Um, I like that you guys 
get what what I consider the the enthusiast of alcohol in the world, which is what this podcast and this this recording has been all about. Everything we've done before is because we are enthusiasts about it. You're not just trying to make the next Bud Light that everyone's, you're, but you're making something that tells its own story, tells its own situation. And man, sometimes I hear you guys just screw up the beer. I, you guys have what only tossed tossed it twice and say, fuck it, let's try it anyways. Luckily, we haven't had to toss any. That's me yeah, knocking but, on my wooden table. Yeah. We haven't had to toss any on the commercial size stuff. Um, there were a few on the homebrew side over the years that got but, hit the drain, not the mouth. But but it sounds like even if you guys make a mistake, it's like, you know what? It's still interesting. Let's, let's put it out to market and see what it does. Well, as long as it's not too big of a mistake. Yeah. I'm not going to put out a beer that is, has gone bad, but... I think what you're trying to say is like they're not afraid to take risks. I think that's what I really appreciate is I've had stuff here that you know you don't find anywhere else. That's why we held off on the bracket that that was supposed to be released last Friday. For whenever anybody's listening to this, today is what May third. May third. May third. It was supposed to be released on a week ago, basically. Twenty seventh. Yeah. On uh, yeah April twenty seventh, and it just wasn't up to the standards that we thought. It wasn't done. It was still a green yeah. beer. It needed more time. Yeah. And, and so, so when when you do say like like we've had happy accidents, yes. like what Bob Ross would have called happy accidents. That's exactly where what there was, was something to. that we did and we went, oh crap, and then we rallied around it, figured out what we needed to do, and turned it into a beer worthy of other people trying. And it, some of them have been some of the beers that have done the best for us. Is is we did. We kind of just went with it and hoped for the best. And had it not been there, it would have met the drain. But luckily, I mean, Ryan. Ryan's got it all figured out. He. I mean, I'm sure we're gonna make some mistakes along the way. But, but Ryan. Ryan does what any good uh, chef in a restaurant would do: is uh, you, you try as hard as you can to save whatever you've done. And sometimes it, it doesn't work out. And a lot of the times, it's uh, the best thing you ever made on accident. So what I was actually leading towards is, um, you guys seem to be. You know, making mistakes on occasion, but every time you, you, you rally back from them. And so what if they're imperfect pours? <laughs> <laughs> I think with that, uh, Ryan, thanks for having us here. Um, I think we'll, we'll uh, have to make another time to do it again. Uh, thanks for listening to an imperfect pour. And when you're in Anaheim, of course, you must check out All American Ale Works. Uh, you will be thankful that you did. With that, have a great day. Cheers.